You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Now everyone, it's time to spread a bit of movie cheer. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast, the show for movie fans. I am your host AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and on today's edition of the Movie Cheer Pod, ladies and gents, I will be discussing the topic of billion dollar movies at the box office. Movies that have grossed more than a billion dollars. I'm going to be discussing four movies today from that list of um, prestigious list of billion dollar movies and four movies. I feel like this is probably going to be like a part one, part two, part three, even a part four video along further down the line, this one, because there's so many billion dollar movies now to discuss. But I want to talk about four that I really enjoy and um, they will be on today's headline topics, a billion dollar movie club today, the topic of today's movie cheer pod episode. Uh, but before we get to that headline topic of today, I like to start off the show with a segment called What's Been on the Screen. Ooh, what's been on the screen? What's been on the screen? What have I been watching over this past week, ladies and gents? Well, um, first of all, we didn't have a, we had like the quick topics episode. Quick topics episode last week didn't have like a normal episode of the pod, so I was I was meaning to speak about this the following episode, uh, the previous episode, sorry, uh, about Rebel Moon. So this is Zack Snyder's uh, latest uh, adventure into the movie making business, and uh, Zack Snyder, I'm a big fan of his work. I you know. Justice League, his cut, I think that's great. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, you know, this Man of Steel, you know, there's countless movies I've really enjoyed as Zack Snyder's over over the years. I think he's a really brilliant director. I think he's got a very unique style to his directing as well. He's, you know, visually, I always feel like he's got like his own, um, like he, when you watch a Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder movie, you feel like he's got his, his tone sussed out. He knows what he wants to put on screen, tone-wise. You know, you kind of know what you're going to get from a Zack Snyder movie, and you either love it or you, or you despise it. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. I enjoy his movies. So he's making now his version of Star Wars, basically. And um, let's just talk about first. So they released a teaser trailer for this Rebel Moon, and it's going to be a two-parter. Uh, at the end of the trailer, this teaser trailer that came out about, I think it was like two weeks ago now. They. At the end of it, you see it's part one, A Child of Fire, comes out December 22nd. These are both coming out on Netflix, Netflix exclusives. And part two, The Scargiver, comes out April 19th, uh, 2024. So not long between them two parts of that movie. It's a two-part movie, which is really cool. And it's a short window. We're going to see the sequel. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what both of those, um, you know, like them, both of them screen movies are, are going to be uh, good. Let's see what I'm going to. I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied now. I'm just looking forward to the to seeing them on screen. Uh, I think it'll be ace, uh, a really good experience. There we go. We got over the tongue tiedness. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
Here's basically, I was reading into this, I was reading an article online the other week, and basically, when Disney acquired Lucasfilm, they went to a bunch of filmmakers, a bunch of high-profile filmmakers, and asked them to make pitches for Star Wars movies. And he he made a pitch, and apparently, I think this is a pitch he actually had an idea for years, years before, but he made this pitch to Disney about doing his version of Star Wars, and basically, this was it, Rebel Moon. And it kind of feels like it's sort of like a Rogue One more story, like you've got these... The story, basically, from what I gather is, you've got a bunch of warriors going to protect this village from all these different, like, tribes, and they're taking on this, like, the evil empire, I think they're called the em- the Imperium in this. And they've even got, like, lightsabers. Their alter- version of lightsabers in the trailer, you can see it, like, they, they basically, it looks like they just ripped off Star Wars, but to me, it kind of, it's got that feel, watching the trailer. Like I said, Zack Snyder, his visuals all over it, but it feels like, to me, um, do you know what? A few years ago, they had that short film came out, and it was a Power Rangers short film where it was a really dark version of Power Rangers, very adult. And this to me is like kind of that for Star Wars. It feels like a, again, very Zack Snyder ish esque, um, but it's got that really a very much a darker, um, a more adult tone to what Star Wars isn't. And. A more very more gritty I, mean, I think maybe people think like the likes of Andor and Rogue One are a bit more gritty compared to the usual Star Wars but this has definitely a def- a, a more harder razor edge to it than what you would see as a Star Wars movie and I can kind of see why they maybe didn't want Zack Snyder to do the movie because I, I think I, th- I think it would have been great to see personally as a family's work but I think like the general audience maybe it would have been a bit um I think it would have been a diverse, a, a, a very split in the middle film. I think a lot of people would have, you know, some people would have liked it. I think a lot of people, kind of like Man of Steel, really, you know, people are kind of like, ooh, which side of the scale are we on? And it doesn't weigh to one area and one point of view being like, overall, this is a great movie. So I think that's probably why he didn't get the gig. Um, but he has said now, basically, he, he developed that story. He wanted to eventually make it. And he developed it and obviously changed, uh, you know, stuff that was canon to Star Wars. That obviously that was copyrighted to Star Wars and changed it around. And now he's delivered it. He's made it. This is his next big project. And I know he's actually worked with Netflix a lot recently. He had that the zombie movie, and apparently they were trying to make that into a franchise. I don't know whether they're kind of still doing that or whether it's kind of like fell on death's door now, but he's got Rebel Moon now, if this catches on, hopefully we'll see more of this, and I imagine this is like a franchise that will probably expand into, you know, cartoons, TV shows, more spin-off movies, if it if it is successful for Netflix, because it looks like a high-budget movie, it's a, uh, you know, really notable cast of uh, actors in there as well, and yeah, it looks great, you've got Tom Holkenberg, a regular uh, contributor to Zack Snyder's work in there, doing this, the score, Junkie XL, and the music in the trailer just sounds amazing. So you can you can get get what you're going to get from that trailer. You're going to get a great score from Tom Hogenberg, uh, who works on a lot of his movies. But yeah, I, overall, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. December is what is right around the corner now. We're in September as of recording this, so it's not too far away as well. Like I said, I think I'm looking forward to it as well because I I love sci-fi. This is looks like a big action it looks like 300 meets sci-fi that's what it looks like it looks really epic and i suppose as well 
what I was getting from this more than Star Wars vibes, I was getting more John Carter, uh, Man of Steel vibes from it from this one as well. I, I feel like a lot like John Carter vibes, um, and it's weird because like John Carter was again another one acquired by Disney after before they acquired Star Wars and they were picking that up as the new Star Wars. I think he even says it on the DVD cover like this: the just this generation's Star Wars. It looks a bit like that as well. Like, I'm getting like vibes with John John Carter in there. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this movie. If you've not checked out that checked out that teaser trailer. Definitely give it a watch. It is fantastic. About two-minute trailer, really epic. Looks amazing. Uh, what else has been on the screen this past week, ladies and gents? Well, I watched the movie uh, yesterday. I watched the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, 2023 release, now available on streaming. I think it's coming out on physical later on this month. Uh, Mutant Mayhem, animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a new origin story. Um, tells the origin, you know, the ooze going into the sewers. Uh, I, you know, spoilers ahead if you've not seen this movie. Spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers ahead, ladies and gents. So, uh, the ooze at the start of the movie goes into the sewers. We see the usual story of, you know, Splinter um, and the turtles becoming mutated and becoming you know, uh, more intelligent forms of species. And the ooze is from Baxter Stockman, who's like this mad scientist. And it's like 14 years ago. And then you see it 14 years later. Obviously, the turtles are now teenagers. And they're, you know, developed ninjas. And they just want to try and be seen in this world. And then the villain of the piece is Superfly. So you have Superfly in there. You've got Rocksteady and Bebop. Um, Shredder is not in this movie until I will get to the Shredder in a bit, but Superfly is this fly creature that Baxter Stockman had as a little fly, and then he mutated, he can talk, uh, and he's like the leader of like Rocksteady Bebop and all the other mutants characters. And his mission in this movie, the premise of the movie is basically, uh, the Turtles want to kind of become like normal teenagers, they want to go to school and everything like that, obviously. Uh, Superfly, he is developing a big weapon he wants to use the ooze power that mutated him and the turtles, and he wants to turn every species on the planet into mutants, and he wants to destroy all humans. And that's he's like building this big gun, and the turtles have got to stop him in the end. Um, we see it, you know, you know, they eventually stop him. But what we do see in at the end of the movie, which is really epic, is this big Godzilla type battle <laughs> with where Superfly takes loads of the ooze in, comes out of the water, and he's like this big Godzilla-like creature. And then the turtles have got to destroy him, take him down in the small miniature form. And it's, you know, as a fan of like Godzilla movies, as like Power Rangers, the Zord battles, this was right up my street. I thought it was really fun, really epic to watch. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. What A few things I'll mention as well. Um the style of this, the animated style was really, really good. I liked it. Uh, looking at like the Into the Spider-Verse, you know, the Spider-Man animated movies they've had over the past few years, that new animated style where it looks kind of like very comic book, like ripped from a comic book. It was a very, it was definitely had its own style, this, but you can see they've take, taken a lot of influence from the Spider-Verse movies. And uh, it's kind of, watching this movie, the new Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, I'm watching it, and it kind of looks like I'm watching a comic book. 
move. It's it's really weird to ex- describe. You're watching it, and it's like it's like watching. It's like the palette. It looks like it's painted like uh, like sort of like like a color palette of a and the the shading of a comic book. And then you're watching it visually, and you're like, this is like I'm watching a comic book come to life. It is so cool to watch. I, I really enjoy that. I think the art style was really captivating and really. I, lo- I love it now when you're watching films and you're like, they're really doing something new there. And I like that. And, and they definitely did something really different with the art style here. Um, so the story, like I said, the story was really fun. Uh, I really liked it. We had the tease at the end as well of the Shredder in the post credit scene where, um, you know, the this evil corporation says, you know, we've got a call on the Shredder. And then you see the back of the Shredder's head. Shredder coming to NYC on this boat. So Shredder is going to be coming in a sequel, hopefully. I think this movie's done okay so far, money-wise. So, uh, and they're actually there's meant to be uh, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a Paramount Plus animated show that follows this, follows the same story from this. That's, so they're going to do a new animated show, and they have already announced a, a sequel to this. So uh, I think it's going to be great. I think one... I, I was thinking about this with Ninja Turtles, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but uh, the... The 90s Ninja Turtles movie, the live action one, that was my favourite for sure. And still, I think still is my favourite. But I enjoyed the other live action ones, the more recent ones over the past few years. I thought they were great. Uh, There was another animated one with like time travel a few years back, which I enjoyed. That was good. So I'm I'm thinking about it. I think every incarnation of Ninja Turtles, obviously big fan of the animated show as a kid as well. I really enjoyed that. Um, The, yeah, I, I think the... Every incarnation of the Ninja Turtles has been pretty solid. I don't think there's been, I suppose, the sequels to the the '90s Ninja Turtles movies. Some of them were a bit, uh, they weren't great. I mean, the second one was okay, and I think the third one. I can't even remember watching the third one. Maybe I watched it before. It was absolutely a dud. <laughs> but the every incarnation, you name me. An incarnation you didn't like in Ninja Turtles, and then we go from that point forward and we have a discussion. Because <laughs> I, I do think the incarnations they've been putting out over the past few years have been great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. Really well worth checking out. If, you, if you're on the fence about this, honestly, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not big on animated movies, give it a, give it a watch. It's well worth checking out. And, oh man, the toys. Talking about... I was looking at the toys. <laughs> I love looking at toy, the toy lines for some of these toys and for these movies and the merch. And as a kid, I had like the the sewer playset. And um, every if you, you grew up in like the nineties, eighties, nineties, you'd know that the sewer playset was just amazing. Ninja Turtles sewer playset, the original one. And I don't have it anymore. I have looked them buying it, buying it eventually. And that's one of my dreams is to rebuy that in like minting box one day. Um, when I've got the space to put it in, so I need a, I need a big toy room to put it in. But um, but the I was looking at the playsets and they've they've done like a a new playset, a new sewer playset, and it looks kind of like it reminds me a bit of like what they had with that old one, and it's uh, it's quite cool to look at. And some of the the toys, like the the figures they're putting out, the figures look amazing, absolutely cool. I, I think Ninja Turtles is one of them. Obviously, it's a huge toy line as it is anyway. But when they do movies as well, to contribute to that then you've got these amazing toys they got the the you know the, the turtle truck as well uh it's some great toys for a you know a worthy movie because that movie was really good and i feel like it was great as well they went with a different film with superfly being the main villain rather than the shredder i thought that was a really good idea this time to do that it was something different uh the score as well before i forget the score for this movie movie was great 
they had a, I, I was listening to, watching the movie and I'm thinking, I think I recognise who that is. It was Trent Reznor of uh, Nine Inch Nails. He did the score. He's done a lot of movie scores over the years. Uh, Social Network, he's done a few different ones. Really great musician. And you could hear the soundtrack. I was listening to it. I'm thinking, no, I like that. You've got a lot of synths in there. It's really a really great vibe for this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Great cast. Uh, John Cena, Seth Rogen. Um, what's his name? Esposito, who did Breaking Bad. Uh, Chicken Man out Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, it's um, a lot of great actors in there. And it's a really... Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is Splinter. Bang on. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great and uh, well worth checking out, ladies and gents. And uh, yeah, that is what has been on the screen this week. Let's get to today's headline topic. The Movie Cheer Podcast presents the headline topic for the episode. Remember to spread a head, head, headline topic. Head, head, head. So today's headline topic, billion dollar movies, movies that are in the billion dollar movie club, grossing over one billion dollars, ladies and gents. I've got four movies to discuss today, and let's get into them. So first of all, I wanted to discuss the uh, a release that came out this year, 2023, the Super Mario Brothers movie. It was actually number one uh, highest grossing movie for this year until Barbie come along. But Super Mario Brothers, an animated incarnation of the Mario Brothers franchise, the Nintendo franchise, which is a beloved uh, video game franchise for many, many years. I'm a big fan of the Mario games. I, I really enjoy playing them. The most recent one as well. Mario Odyssey is one of my favourite games of all time. I love that game. I love playing that. And completing that game was just such a, uh, a really cool experience. And I was absolutely buzzing when I completed that. It was great. Uh, so I come out this year. You've got Chris Pratt in there as Mario. Jack Black as Bowser. Um, Anna Taylor-Joy as Peach. Charlie Day as Luigi. Plenty of really great um, actors in there. This movie had a hundred million, hundred million pounds. Sorry, a hundred million dollar budget. I have to get the pounds and dollars out of my head, and it made one point three six billion. So it is now standing currently, as of September twenty twenty three, number fifteen in the all time uh, record of highest grossing movies at the box office. So really, I think hundred million pounds, hundred million dollars. Sorry, I'll just say hundred million is. A really decent budget, you know. It's it's a big budget, but not like a Star Wars like two hundred million kind of budget. So really, I think it's a great budget that for it, and it to make that much money. I think a lot of people expected um, big things from the Mario movie, but I don't think they maybe expected it to be a billion uh, billion plus movie. And because it it was kind of a bit, it, in a way, it was a gamble because some of these movies can be hit and miss with the, these franchises. You know, you put them out there and video games, video game movies especially over the past few years, I think they've got, they have improved recently. You know, I think, I think the, the changing point was definitely the Sonic movie, but I think before that, the Detective Pikachu did pretty well as well. Of Pokemon, that was again another Nintendo franchise. 
But Sonic has done really well, surprisingly, with all, with all the stuff with the, the CGI, the, the look of Sonic before that. But then it, it did really well, made really good money. And obviously the sequel did equally as well. And Mario just obviously went to a different level. And I, I'll be honest, I really enjoyed this movie. I was really excited, first of all, when I heard about them, you know, they were going to do a movie like this and it was going to be from the creators of the Minions movies, Despicable Me. Because I think they really know how to make animated movies. I think the, the, I, I think the movies are really fun and I think they're just great, great animated movies. And I thought, you know what, it's they couldn't have possibly picked uh, better creators for a movie, a better production house behind it, having them Minions and Despicable Me, Dis, Despicable Me uh, you know, behind it, and yeah, it's obviously Mario. It's got a great lore of characters, a great world, and they really nailed the story. I thought it was a really fun story. Mario and Luigi, these plumbers, uh, and you know, in the real world, and then well, in the animated world, but in the real world, and then they get pulled into the Mushroom Kingdom, and then they're taking on Bowser, who's who's you know, like. Really, his mission is, as always, to, to marry Princess Peach and to just cause havoc along the way. And yeah, it was just a, a solid movie, a really fun family-friendly movie, and they absolutely nail it. I think Chris Pratt as well. There was obviously before a lot of criticism that they got Chris Pratt to do the voice of Mario, and I think a lot of people wanted the guy... Uh, from the video games to do it, they wanted that that sort of Mario voice. That hello, it's me, a Mario. That's that you know the classic Mario voice. And yeah, I I I was like at first thinking, well, well, maybe they should have. But then you're thinking, is that? I don't know if that voice for a full movie does it get a, a bit like I don't know. It's a bit like. I think it works in the games because it's very limited in the games. But I think for a whole bunch of dialogue, I don't. I think maybe it wouldn't have worked as well with audiences. And I think it was good choice because I think Chris Pratt is really. If you watch him in like Parks and Rec, he's a really you know really good comedy actor. I like him in Guardians. I, I like Chris Pratt. I, I think I don't know what the sort of like the general consensus is on him as an actor. Uh, the Jurassic World movies weren't weren't spectacular, but I don't think that was down to him. I think they just weren't great movies. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And I, I do you know what I love just like the little things where they had like they put in like Mario Kart and like you had like where they're selecting the carts and stuff like that. And for me again, I, I love Mario Kart as well. I'm a big. I've got my Nintendo Switch upstairs playing that. And when you see little bits in that little just little nods to the video games. Um, I thought it was great. So I've, I think maybe maybe it's more for people who enjoy their Mario games, who get a real big buzz out of their movies. But I think their movies, obviously, the Mario movie scored well. Kids liked it. Adults liked it. I, I think it's one where now they're going to build more sequels upon this because it's done really well. And there's so many things you can do with this TV show spin-offs with like Luigi, maybe a Luigi's Mansion movie, and plenty of Mario movies. Uh, like a Captain Toad, there's tons of um, different things they could do here, and I imagine they're going to probably lead up to a Super Smash Bros. eventually uh, along the way. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie, and I'm, I'm finally, I, I, I was really surprised that it made a billion, billion dollars, but well deserved for an animated movie because it's, I, I, I think it's just a really. You know, sometimes you don't need a heavy movie to make a billion dollars. It doesn't have to be like an Oppenheimer. And I like their movies, but sometimes it's just nice to have a fun movie, isn't it? Do you know, like a fun movie, you can 
sit back, have a lot of fun, just watch it, enjoy, smile, have a bit of movie cheer. And that one, Mario movie, uh, the Mario Super Mario Brothers movie definitely delivers with a lot of movie cheer. Next up, I want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, the third movie in the Spider-Man uh, Home trilogy. Uh, by John Watts, starring you know Tom Holland throughout that trilogy as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Uh, I'm not really going to do the spoilers now because it's a 2021 movie. We all know this movie had the return of the Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man from his movies and Tom Holland, uh, sorry, and, and Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man as well. All coming together to take on all of the villains, Green Goblin, uh, you had William Defoe's version of Green Goblin, the, a bunch of the villains across all of them, different Spider-Man franchises, Jamie Foxx's Electro, it just really worked out well, it was a really great movie, and I, I, I really, I, I mentioned um, trilogies the other week on the show, and and Sean, Media Collector Madness, he, he mentioned, the, I think he mentioned Spider-Man, and and uh, what was it? Yeah, I think you obviously mentioned Spider-Man, Sean. And yeah, I, I totally forgot about the Spider-Man trilogy of great Marvel trilogies because it was mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy. But Spider-Man trilogy, this one has been solid. And I've never been a massive fanboy for Spider-Man. But this movie was great. You know, we had Doctor Strange in there and he was, you know, they were opening portals to different universes and then that's when you get the different Spider-Man coming in and then you're seeing the team up with the Spider-Man versus all the villains. And I think it was just a really good ending to that trilogy. And I know they're going to continue it with Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the future. They're doing Spider-Man 4 now. Uh, I still hope we do get to see more of Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield's uh, versions of Spider-Man. I think in Secret Wars, I think we're most likely going to see one or two of them uh, in that movie. But... Whether I don't think we'll ever see, I, I, I honestly don't think we're going to see a separate Spider-Man movie with their incarnations. I think it's more going to be cameos in other movies now. I think it would be confusing for the general audience and maybe maybe it's just like a small portion of fans who are really diehards who want to see them to return in their solo movies. I would love to see it. I think Andrew Garfield definitely deserves a third movie because his first one was really good. Second one was a bit bit you know middle of the road but he i really like this spider-man movie the first one is solid really solid and yeah even Tony mcguire i i think like it'd be nice to see him but return but again does the general audience want to see it or is that just a diehard group i think it's more diehards who want to see that sort of movie but yeah i i think it was a solid movie that one right so we're talking about mario was a hundred million a hundred million dollar budget Spider-Man No Way Home, this is where we're looking at the big differences here. This was a $200 million budget. It now has made uh, $1.922 billion. And it is number seven on the all-time list of highest grossing movies. So it's really up there. 2021, I mean, the the charts are very much dominated now by like your, your big recent superhero movies your star wars and obviously top of the list still is avatar it was knocked off for a short time uh, by endgame but you know avatar has crept up again to being number one because they did like a re-release a few years back but spider-man uh, no way home it was a solid movie well definitely deserving of making that much money nearly two billion dollars I'm, I'm sure i wouldn't be surprised that further down the line we get re-releases and it, it you know tops two billion dollars um, at the box office eventually 
for this movie. Maybe we would get a 10-year anniversary edition or a 20-year further down the line and it gets to that $2 billion. But yeah, solid movie. I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is great. I love the direction they made in these movies. The first one was great as well. You had, you know, you had Keaton as the vulture in the that was that was great. And the second one equally I really enjoyed. I think he has been great in the Avengers movies. They made a really solid pick with him as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, and long may it continue. And I thought I hope they do that, like develop this into bringing in like your live action Miles Morales and have link ups with them with them animated movies as well and feature Tom Holland and maybe have a team up with them two characters. Uh, I think they're really, they've got it right now, Sony and Marvel, with the Spider-Man character, and, and it's good to see. Uh, so, third on the list of highest grossing movies is a 1993 movie. You know what it is. You know what it is. It is Jurassic Park. Uh, released in 1993, celebrating 30 years this year in 2023. That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. 30 years old, that movie. Here's like, so here's the, the crazy thing. So Steven Spielberg directed this movie, the dinosaur movie. It had a budget of $63 million and it made, has made overall over the years at the box office $1.057 billion. It was at one point number one at the of all time, it was it was a number one as of nineteen ninety three. This was the number one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, boy, it has been knocked off the spot over the years, and now it is number forty four. That is crazy. That is crazy to think in thirty years that has went down forty four sl- slots, and that many movies have come out that have made you know over a billion dollars over them years. But you think like this year alone, like, like I said, Barbie. Oppenheimer, I think Oppenheimer has made a billion or it's close to making a billion. Mario, we're getting a lot of billion dollar movies now. It's not as 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 an exclusive club as it used to be. Uh, but yeah, Jurassic Park, great movie. This is a movie that terrified me as a kid. Um, I've kind of like only in, into adulthood more watched this movie uh, a lot more and enjoyed it more because... Because I used to, it really used to terrify me with the dinosaurs. But I love the the practical effects of this movie to this day. I think that first movie is the best out of the whole franchise. And um, it's what is mad to see as well. The Jurassic World movies, a lot of them, especially Jurassic World, is is on the top ten list of highest grossing movies. I think it's like number eight or nine, maybe a bit higher. It did re- did really well, and I think that first movie was okay. I think it was a decent movie. The second two were garbage in, in my opinion the second one was okay the second one was actually decent to be fair yeah i'll take that back the second one the third one was just it wasn't great <laughs> uh but it's it's crazy to think that that you know the original which in my opinion is the best is is not is not the highest grossing movie out of that franchise drastic world is and uh yeah I, th- I think the first one is just absolutely solid a solid movie Great cast, great music, uh, you know, like, like I said, practical effects, a really good story, a story developed from a book, but I believe it is very different from the book. I think there's a lot of very uh, different variations from the actual narrative to the book, from what I gather. Uh, I've never read the book, so I can't really say for sure what I've, what I've, what I've read over the years. But yeah, it's, uh, it's still to this day, it lifts up. I watched Jurassic Park and I don't think it is dated. I, I personally think... Watching Jurassic World and the more use of CGI in them movies kind of looks a bit more fake. And I'm watching Jurassic Park, and to me, 
the practical effects work better and they look more realistic. And I think it works a lot uh, more for the audience, the Jurassic Park movie. But really enjoy that movie. A movie I really enjoy watching now to this day. And, and it's kind of the one I've watched the most out of the franchise. Probably Lost World is the second one. I think Lost World is decent. That's a decent sequel. But the rest of them have all been mediocre. And I, I still think to this day, I think you could do... It would benefit now doing some sort of like one where you go into like a a 90s, like I've, I've said this on the show, doing going back into like a 90s version and go, going back to like the events of that first movie maybe and having like a different event take place while Jurassic Park, that first movie takes place with a different cast or maybe a cast of kids going in there. Do you know, change the, the vibe of it a bit more, just make it, or maybe do a TV show where like, you take it takes place at the events of the first movie. I think it, there's so much opportunity with it, and I still think they're going to continue making Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies further down the line because they, they obviously they make a lot of money at the box office. But yeah, Jurassic Park is the third on my list. Solid movie, still to this day, a great one to watch. And the last movie, the fourth and final movie I want to discuss today on the show is Top Gun Maverick. The movie for a lot of people that came out after we had the pandemic, and really, for a lot of people, saved the the world of cinema, in a way, really give it that boost it needed again, and kind of got a lot of people out going to watch movies at the cinema again. Tom, Tom Cruise obviously returns in this sequel to the 80s movie. Um, this was a 2022 release. It had a budget, or you know what, I've not actually wrote down the budgets <laughs> or the, the but, 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 yeah, I don't know. It Obviously, it made over a billion dollars, this movie. I've Silly me, I've not wrote down how much it made and how much was the budget. But I can tell you this, 2022 release, this movie is now currently standing 12th as the all-time highest grosser movie. So it is high up there on the list. They obviously made a lot of money. Uh, it really is a great movie, this one. The, you know, the 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 effects, the practical effects, the filming of the, the jets are phenomenal. I think if you watch this, I watched the the original Top Gun years ago and I didn't really think much of it and I watched Top Gun Maverick when it came well I think when it maybe a few months after it came out watched it I thought it was fantastic I really enjoyed it went back went back then and watched the original had a blast with that as well thought that was great I think the stories are very similar you know it's this guy he's he's in this new one he's got to train up a bunch of rookies and then they go and do this mission behind enemy lines the first one is very similar but he's more of like the rookie then and then you've got to go behind enemy lines and again it's a very very similar type of story but it's a really great movie really great movie great story it works the soundtrack is phenomenal i love the music in there uh i i, I think it's just a, a a really terrific movie and what really stands out to me in looking into this movie a bit more because the reason why i didn't put the budgets down because i was delving into a bit another area this movie was directed by Joseph Konzinski. Now, maybe this isn't a name that you know very well, or maybe it is. But this guy directed Tron Legacy, a movie that I really enjoyed. I think Tron Legacy has definitely got its faults in CGI. Um, there's definitely parts of that movie that could be improved. And again, all down to CGI. But I really like that movie. I think it's a really fun movie. I think it's a really great science fiction movie and really uh, quite underrated in a way but he directed that he also directed another science fiction movie that i think is really a really top movie and it also starred 
Tom Cruise, and that was Oblivion. Came out a few years back now. But that is a, a movie, again, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a solid science fiction movie. Great uh, collaboration between Tom Cruise and Joseph Kondzinski. And he directed this. So Tom Cruise got him in this movie to direct because of the work of the collaboration on Oblivion. He was really impressed by that. He got him on board to, to direct this movie. I feel like this is a guy who, in years to come, we're going to be looking back on his work and saying... This guy is a solid guy, he's a solid director, and I think there's more to come from Joseph Kondzinski in regards to big blockbuster movies in years to come. This That is a name to keep an eye on, really. I really do think he's going to have a lot more big budget, big, amazing movies. But yeah, Top Gun Maverick is a great billion dollar movie. I think, again, I, I wasn't ever a fan of the original, but now I, I appreciate the original a lot more, and I think that is a solid movie, but this Top Gun Maverick is fantastic it's just whether you like i i know again tom cruise is a, a, a figure in movies some people don't like him so much i like tom cruise I like mission impossible it's not mission impossible this movie is very different vastly different from them movies but it is a solid solid watch well worth checking out and well deserving of being a billion dollar movie so that is today's headline topic over, ladies and gents, of billion-dollar movies. Let's move on with the rest of today's show, and we go to the next segment, Case Cover Collision. Case Covers take on other case covers. Can you handle that? Case Cover Collision. Case Cover Collision. Case Cover Collision. Each and every week, I choose a different movie and look at the different case covers for that movie and put them up against each other to see which one is the best and which one is the winner of Case Cover Collision. Now, this week on the pod, I will be looking at the recent The Flash movie, the releases of that. Uh, this movie is coming out, I believe, on physical 18th of September. Uh... I've got a few releases. I've got HMV exclusive, the Blu-ray, and the four standard 4K to look at here. But let's talk about this movie first of all. I've, I've spoken about it, I think, on last week's show, but the Flash movie. Uh, I think there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with, obviously, with Ezra Miller, the, um, the guy who played Barry Allen in The Flash, which I don't really want to get into, but I think that kind of drawn a lot away from this movie the the positives from this movie and i think there's a lot with this movie as well with the cgi that put a lot of people off but this movie has michael keaton returning as batman as bruce wayne which is phenomenal and his performance in that was great i think the movie overall was a really really entertainment uh fun drive of entertainment adventure roller coaster that's that's the way I describe this movie. It is so much fun. I I absolutely enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, the time travel. I think that it really did well with the time travel aspect of it. I think it was really well done. Uh, the multiverse story, having different characters, like different versions of Batman, your Michael Keaton, your Ben Affleck. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fun. Absolutely fun. I, I really really did enjoy. It. And I I kind of went into it and just thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. Ignore everything I've heard and let's give it a go. And I thought it was a really fun movie. But we are now looking at the case cover. So I'm going to look first of all at the first case cover. It is the HMV exclusive limited edition 4K Ultra HD Steelbook for the Flash movie. Let's take a look at it, ladies and gents. So we've got the Flash here 
the back of his, you know, he's looking into the distance. He's in the middle of the shot. And where is the location? He is in the Bat Cave, and he's looking out to the horizon, looking out to the outside world in the Bat Cave. He's standing on like the pad where I think like probably Batman would stand, or his, his car would, the Batmobile would be. Uh, I think you actually see the Bat, um, the Bat like sort of helicopter above him, just over there. You see above him there. So he's looking to the distance, and it's a very much he's you know a very wide, large, wide shot of the the Flash here, long shot. You see everything of the Flash, and you see him very small in the middle of the shot in the cave, and you really get that look of it. And you see the colours used in there is a lot of like obviously dark colours of the Bat Cave. Obviously, this is the original Bat Cave from the Tim Burton uh, Keaton movie as well. They've tried tried to get it looking very much like that, the original Bat Cave in that movie. Uh, and I, I really like it. You know, you've got obviously the red suit of the Flash there. Um, it, it looks great. I, I thought the suit looked amazing in the movie, and I really like this cover. I think it's great. You know, it's he's looking into the distance. I think it works. I think the the big appeal for me here is the Batcave. You've seen the Batcave, and it's like yes, you know, you're getting Batman. You're seeing the the Bat helicopter. I don't know if it's called the Bat helicopter. It's called the Bat Jet, something like that. <laughs> bat helicopter. That's probably what they call it in the uh, the 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 classic movies. You know, the the movies with um, what's his name? The the, the classic Batman TV show, the Bat. Let's get to the bed helicopter, Robin. <laughs> but yeah, I like this cover. I think it works. Above that, you've got the obviously the flash in a. You've got a black banner at the top of the cover, and then you've got the flash in the red text uh, with like the sort of like the lightning on the the flash, uh, the F and the H. I think that's cool. Yeah, it doesn't do anything too like over the top this cover, but I think it just works for what you want to see. You know you're going to get Batman in this, and you're going to get The Flash. I think it works. So that's the HMV exclusive of The Flash. Now let's look at the standard Blu-ray. This is also the cover for the DVD release of this movie as well. The standard Blu-ray, let's have a look at it. So, very different cover. You've got now this time The Flash Front and center, you've got, well, three of the main characters. You've got the Supergirl, Batman, and Flash. The Flash is running towards you in this, and you've got all, like, the lightning surrounding him. You've got, then, in the back, a side view of the Batman, um, and that is very... I would say that's that must be Keaton's Batman. It's got to be Keaton's Batman. And he's just looking down. You've got the Batjet in the, on the left-hand side, and then you've got to the right... Um, Supergirl and her outfit is awesome as well. Really good character in this as well, Supergirl. Uh, above that, you've got the text of the Flash. Uh, very, you know, a large use of this text now. This this logo this time in the red uh, writing with the lightning hanging off it on the sides, and in the background you've got the lightning bolt as well and the DC logo. Uh, then in the bottom you've got all this like sort of like red lightning sort of like that cuts up the image of the screen and then it goes into like a smoke at the top so it's like you've got the lightning representing the flash and then above that you've got smoke and darkness representing batman which i really think is a, a really good contrast and kind of like going to the right hand side of that you've got the contrast again with supergirl a bit more light so she's like kind of like the shining light of all this i love this cover there's a lot more going on in this cover compared to the first one but i think this one to me pops a lot more um like i said the other one was great because you got the bat cave it's just a very simple very teasing of what the movie is this one you see everything you see the batman you see supergirl you see flash 
it's, a, it's an explosive cover, this one. And I think it, it really does work and it's a really well done cover for this mo- movie. So, so far on Case Cover Collision, I've got to say that the Flash, um, yeah, the Blu-ray cover is winning over the HMV exclusive so far. But let's get to the final case cover of this episode and this edition, edition of Case Cover Collision. And now we go to the standard 4K um, of the Flash movie. Now, this one again delivers something very different. It's a very explosive cover again. But for me, this cover is something that would have been a cover for a comic book. This is like, this is stripped straight from a comic book, this cover. I love it. Um, so again, you've got the big Flash logo at the top of the screen, the Flash. Same font, same colors again. And a very similar similar color scheme here again. But this time you've got kind of like a, a full body shot and a larger shot of the Flash. And he is taken front center, very much a larger shot than the last one, than the Blu-ray. And it's very like a side slanted view of him here you, you know side on view and he's running in the distance running to a corner so rather than running straight on with the blu-ray cover he's running like more towards the corner and i love the pose in this it's like you're getting that more of that running pose that full shot of him running the body shot the lightning coming off his legs his arms all his body in the background then you've got keaton's batman and you see that classic yellow and black Batman crest. You see the full suit this side of the Batman in the distance, the bat jet in the distance. Uh, to the right at the top near the flash text, the font, the logo, you see Supergirl as well. But again, for me, the biggest thing I can take from this cover, which I really love, is it looks like a comic book cover. It looks like a graphic novel, a comic book of the Flash. It looks, I, I'm, I'd be shocked if this has not been sort of like inspired by a certain comic book from the past and maybe some of you comic book fans out there uh, maybe will have a better idea than me on this whether this was was a classic co- comic book cover or it's inspired by that but I think it's a really great cover I think it's just such a spectacular piece a really eye-catching piece and one I would be really proud to have displayed in my movie room I think it's a really great cover and really does uh, this movie credit for being like it really for me just shows the kind of the craziness, the wackiness, the sort of like what you're going to see is something mad, something crazy going on with all the the different colors going on, the different, all the lightning bolts coming. It's like, this is, this is going to be a live movie. This is going to be a hot one. And it really is that. I love it. I think this is a great cover. So the winner of this week's edition of Case Cover Collision has to go to one and it is the standard 4K of the flash i think it's just a great cover really works for this movie i think it's a solid look you get the classic keaton in the background classic batman uh supergirl i i think it's great really terrific kudos for making a really brilliant cover for me this one is is a cover that really stands out as a lot of work has went into it from the artist and they've really put a lot of time in and effort in for fans of dc comics and fans of the flash movie so that is the winner of this week's edition of case cover collision now let's move on with the rest of today's show the amazon top 10 is approaching prepare yourself 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 
The Amazon Top 10 has arrived. The Amazon Top 10. Each and every week I give you the Amazon Top 10, the best sellers list for DVDs, Blu-rays and 4Ks on Amazon.co.uk. Let's look at the Top 10 list this week, ladies and gents. So at number 10, that anniversary, the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who coming up, we got number 10, Doctor Who, the collection season 20 on Blu-ray. That is at number 10. At number 9, uh, as discussed here, we have the Flash Blu-ray. Uh, at number 9, at number 8, Spider-Man No Way Home Blu-ray, another one discussed on today's show. And at number 7, we have Elvis on DVD. Uh, Elvis on DVD was number 1 for quite some time, and it's uh, still in the top 10, and it's a great movie, that one. At number 6, we have the Blu-ray of John Wick 1 to number 4, so you've got all four movies, John Wick on Blu-ray at number 6. At number 5, House of the Dragon Season 1 on Blu-ray. At number four, we have Avatar, The Way of Water. That's on DVD. I've still not seen that movie. That's one I've got to check out on that. It's another billion-dollar movie, ladies and gents. At number three, we have Fast X on... I think that is the Blu-ray release. Let me just double-check that. No, that, sorry, I do apologize. That is a DVD release of Fast... Oh, no, sorry. It is the Blu-ray. It is the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray release of Fast X at number three. At number two, we have John Wick, Chapter 4... And that is on Blu-ray. And at number one, we have the Super Mario Brothers movie on DVD. At number one, holding that top one spot on the Amazon Top 10 this week, ladies and gents. Now let's move on to the rest of today's show. The fi- Sorry, the final segment of today's show, Not So Worthy Blockbuster Housekeeping. Uh, this is part of the show where I discuss what's going on with the channel, what's going on with the movie cheer town community, and it's just a general chit-chat at the end of the show. Uh, so, ladies and gents, first of all, a uh, bit of news on the Patreon front. Patreon is back on all in in moving. It's the you know the pedals are running now. Uh, latest video this past came out last Monday. And it is, you know, a new piece of Patreon content every month, every the first Monday of every month. Bonus videos, bonus podcasts. Uh, there was a new Patreon video, a science fiction stack of movies, me going through a bunch of science fiction movies, a sci-fi stack. Uh, I enjoy doing them videos. I think they're really fun. And it's just a bit of a, a chill out, grab a bunch of movies, discuss them, and just have a general chit-chat. So that's on Patreon. Uh, you can join us on Patreon for $1. You can come pay $1, watch all the content, Never come back again if you want to do that. It's the if you want a, an extra slice of movie cheer. That's the that's what I always say. Uh, last week we had the quick topics video, and I think that quick topics was uh, a really successful video. I think a lot of people enjoyed it for the talk about the Mandalorian uh, physical media releases and a few of the other topics on that. But it was great to see the the views on that video and the comments in on the video as well. I, I really enjoyed that and getting in, diving in them them comments and discussing with everyone in the Movie Cheer Town community. So thank you very much for watching that video if you've watched it already. Um, let's do a few comments anyway in the Movie Cheer Town community. First of all, we have uh, Sean Blue Digital. Uh, Sean Blue Digital at Sean underscore blue dash blue digital. And Sean said, uh, this was on the video from last week. Uh, yes, this is a big deal in regards to The Mandalorian physical release. Yes, this is a big deal and glad to see The Mandalorian is finally getting a legit release and I've been relying on bootlegs and I guess they finally realized how much money they were missing out on. Thanks for the update. I and I only stream stuff for the first time first watches. 
and that helps me to decide if I want to own something. I, you know what, Sean, I, I, I kind of do the same really for for movies now. I, I kind of like I'll stream it, and if I really enjoy it, then I want to get it on physical. I think it's a good idea to because sometimes you're going and you otherwise you're just buying a movie for the sake of buying it, and you then you're like, oh, I, I don't actually like this. It's I'm going to have to sell it or give it away. I think that's a good idea. Watching, trying either watch it at a cinema or watch it on streaming first to if see if you like it and then get a physical version. I think that's a good idea. But yeah, it is a big deal. And I think a lot of people, I, I remember seeing for months on like eBay and a few other websites, you know, they're doing like these these bootleg versions of physical media releases like the, the Marvel and Star Wars shows. And I don't condone that, but I get why people were doing it because they wanted just something in their collection uh, representing them them TV shows. So it's great that they are kind of doing it at last and I'm glad to see it happen. So a great comment from Sean in the Movie Cheer Town community. Thank you very much, Sean, for the great comment and for being involved in the community. Uh, next up, we have uh, Adam... Sorry, uh, sorry, Adam Pierce. I say Adam Pierce because there's a, there's, a, there's a guy in wrestling called Adam Pierce and I seen it Pierce and it's out with names like Adam Pierce. Uh, it's from Adrian Pierce 5642. And this is on the Will DVD's Blu-ray movies last much longer video put out a few years ago. Uh, Adrian said, uh, let's not forget that video cassettes only went away to make way for DVD and Blu-ray. I believe certainly for Blu-ray and 4K won't be going away anytime soon. Um, at least not here in Australia. There are plenty of places I can go here uh, go here that offer a wide range of movies for a great price. Plus, let's not forget the cycle of life. Everything that's old is new again. Fashion comes and goes, um, and so will physical, physical media in one form or another. Great comment, Adrian. Really great comment, mate. Um, I 100% agree with that. It is like fashion. Physical media, people go back now and buy VHS because they, you know, they like the look of the VHS. They like the nostalgia to it. People would do, be doing this with DVD and Blu-ray 4K in years to come, I believe. I, I, I'm sure of it. I, I know people who collect laser discs. You know, it's it's people enjoy what they enjoy. And I think it's great that there's so many different types of physical media out there for different types of collectors, different fans of movies and TV shows. And it's great that you can you can go and get, get what you want, enjoy what you want. And I, I think that's great. A great comment from Adrian. Thank you very much for getting involved in the movie gear comments uh, i really appreciate that uh, but that is it for another show today ladies and gents uh, if you enjoyed today's topic please do uh, give it a like if you're watching this on youtube and leave a comment as well on your thoughts on all today's topics if you're listening to this on a podcast app of your choice please do subscribe to the podcast app as well and leave a five-star review and send me a link to the review i will read it out on the show ladies and gents rest assured uh, it's been a great show, Billion Dollar Movies. What are some of your favourite Billion Dollar Movies in the Billion Dollar Club? Let me know some of your favourites. Let me know your thoughts on today's picks as well, ladies and gents, and all today's topics. What did you think of Case Cover Collision today? Which one was your favourite case cover from the Flash movie uh, on the Amazon Top 10 today? I mean, is Mario worthy of being top of that list? What are some of the your uh, picks what are some of your recent pickups on the Amazon top 10 recently physical media pickups uh, let me know all of your thoughts on today's show thank you very much for watching ladies and gents remember to spread a bit of movie cheer and as always I will see you next time